just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, this has been a substantial week in our beloved city. Lead producer Emily Means joins me to make sense of two mayoral report cards, Plus, Sundance and the State Showdown in the White Claw Lounge, and we need your help with an episode. It's Friday, January 27th, 2023. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Emily Means, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Ali Vallarta. Let's get into the news. We got two kind of state of thingses this week, I guess we could call them. The state of the of the things is... Is stated. Let's start with the city. So Salt Lake City Mayor Erin Mendenhall gave her annual state of the city address this week. And... This is just something that leaders in government do, like Mm -hmm. Governor Spencer Cox gave his state of the state last week. Now it's time for Mayor Mendenhall's state of the city. And before she gave this big address, Allie, she released her 2022 report card for the city. What do you think? The city awarded itself on its report card. I know the answer to this, and it is that Salt Lake City gave itself an A. Yes, they did. And good for them (laughs) to have the the confidence to think that they deserve an A. That I had that confidence, that I had that level of confidence. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And this is why the mayor awarded the city an A on their 2022 report card, because of the 74 goals that they listed out at the beginning of last year, they completed 66 of them, and the remaining ones are in progress. So these include things like Free Fair February program, which happened last year. It was wildly successful. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. transit ridership increased yep. immensely. Also, the creation of the Park Ranger program. You've probably seen some new friendly faces in some parks around the city. I do have to say I haven't. Have you? (laughs) No. I saw park rangers like the week they launched, but I have not seen any park rangers in the city since the program launched. So You know what? I don't know if I've seen them either. (laughs) Let us know if you've seen the park rangers. Anyway, so this is uh, one of the goals that they checked off their to-do list. Hmm. And this came right before the mayor's state of the city address, which was an hour long alley. And just a note for all government leaders going forward, I don't think that you you need to give an hour-long speech ever. No. In <laughs> fact, I think you should just send us an email with bullet points. Bullet points are great for journalists. I don't want to obsess over this A grade, okay. but I a little back of the napkin math, 66 divided by 74, which I remember doing because I went to public school Did you where get we had a, a very clear class? grading system. That is an 89%, which is a B plus. Oh, you know what? 
Very good fact checks, Allie. So I, you know, I struggle with that. But I think the thing also that is like weird to me is just like, don't you think it's kind of weird to give yourself an A on anything? Yes. Like any project, anything in your life you're working on, if I was like, Emily, how's how you doing on it? How's it going? I just can't imagine a scenario where I would be like, I'm giving myself an A. <laughs> I also don't like this grading system at all. I would probably just say, fine. <laughs> you know, how is the city doing? Eh. In the state of the city address, of course, there was a lot of forecasting into this mm-hmm. year in Salt Lake and some of the things that the mayor has on the new agenda. And I don't want to get into every single dollar amount, et cetera, et cetera, especially because these numbers are going to keep reappearing as the city budgets and like the council approves all this and it kind of works its way through the cog. But the big one, it feels like, is a hundred million dollar private public partnership from the Miller family, which it seems like is basically their apology. It's their very expensive olive branch to Salt Lake for taking the Salt Lake bees out of the ballpark neighborhood and to daybreak. A hundred million dollars for one neighborhood. Wow. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Raise your hand if you're a neighborhood who would like $100 million invested into it. Both my hands are in the air. Yep. Me, Central City, represent. I mean, for comparison, Um, like, the the other announcement that the mayor made was that the city is planning to double its investment in homelessness and housing from $15 Mm -hmm. million to $30 million. Now, you read that and you're like... Cool. Doubling our investment in homelessness and housing. And then you put $30 million next to $100 million. And again, me with my calculator, I'm like, that's 33.3 repeating percent. (laughs) Well, oof. Oof, Allie. Really good point. Also, I'm a little bit confused by this public-private partnership and the wording around it. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the Millers are leading a fundraising opportunity. Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean that Gail Miller is writing us a check for $100 million? Or is it like Gail Miller starting a GoFundMe for $100 million? I'm not quite sure. Well, the Salt Lake Tribune reported that like Zion's Bank was going to get in on it. So it does seem Uh like there are going to be entities that kind of get in on this. But yeah, it is vague. Mm. It sounds... Exactly like what you've just said. It sounds like Gail Miller said, I will find $100 million for the ballpark neighborhood. I'm sorry, okay? We've got that good swig money that will be rolling in soon, and we'll see what we can do for you. Does this mean that whatever goes in the ballpark pit hole uh, is named after Gail Miller? Oh, I betcha. I betcha. Though I do have to say, you and I have been saying on this show for weeks now, what will be the new name for the ballpark when the ballpark's gone? And I think we now know the answer. It's going to be the Gale Miller Miller neighborhood. Miller Pit. Yeah. Welcome to Millerville. Welcome to Millerville. Would you like a Miller Light? A non-alcoholic Miller Light. A dirty Miller soda. Uh, All right. We're out of control. Real quick. I did want to just say something about the million spent on housing and homelessness. So like I said, I went back and I listened to the speech and the messaging over the past year from Mayor Mendenhall in her administration has really been that the city has shouldered the burden of the state's homelessness crisis on its own 
for years. Mm -hmm. And they've really been working to bring the state to the table, to bring other cities within the county to the table. Yeah. And I mean, this was kind of like one of the goals that she checked off the to-do list this year, right? This was one of those 66 accomplished goals. And I felt like we just heard even more of that from her in this State of the City address. More, it's not our responsibility, Mm. really shifting that responsibility. And that's something that I've had a hard time with because, um, you know, there are some policies that the mayor has proposed over the past year that have really been harmful to the cause, namely that she initiated the moratorium on shelters within city limits. And I'd like to see a pivot from that in this next year. I mean, now that you've got everyone at the table, I want to see the city resume leadership when it comes to their own responsibility for caring for their unsheltered residents. And it is possible that you'll get your wish, Emily, because let's not forget this state of the city was also a little bit of a vague campaign kickoff for Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, who already has one challenger in former Mayor Rocky Anderson. And so this is the issue that it's clear that Rocky is trying to chase her down on. And I mean, from a campaign perspective, they might have no choice but to pivot, right, depending on the Mm. kind of feedback they get from voters. So it it is possible that you'll that you will see that. I think related to issues of housing and homelessness, there was one line in this speech that I really struggled with. It was my like (laughs) moment where I had to (laughs) kind of go back. And that was Salt Lake City will never surrender to gentrification. And I was like, as just a regular schmegular resident who walks around this city who like lives here, I think we already have. Yeah. It feels like the toothpaste is out of the tube. Uh Uh-huh. And to kind of not acknowledge that that ship is sailing or has already sailed feels a little bit blinders on to me. Because I think you would be hard-pressed to find a Salt Lake City resident. Maybe someone who just moved here from San Francisco and thinks that, like, you know, that maybe we are not in the depths of gentrification. But I think you would be hard-pressed to find a Salt Lake City resident that would agree with that statement. Yeah, we've already had a lot of families displaced by, you know, new apartment complexes going in, especially in Rose Park on Mm -hmm. the west side. We've already lost those people. Yeah. Can I mention just a couple more things I found interesting from her speech? When she was talking about the future, you know, she was really like, this was the end of the speech. We were getting hype. Mm-hmm. More pocket parks. Free fare forever. Also, the Rio Grande plan. <gasps> We talked about the Rio Grande plan on this show. We've got a whole dedicated episode to it, which we will link in our show notes. Mm -hmm. But this entails burying the train tracks that cut the city in half Mm -hmm. and increasing that connectivity from east to west. This is something that the mayor seems interested in pursuing. So that's really exciting to me. And I'm sure to all of the folks who've ever waited at a train crossing for 30 minutes or longer just to get to work or home. Right. So that's really exciting. Yeah. That's also a citizen-led design project, which I think Mm -hmm. is also very interesting. Right. So hopefully that's on the to-do list for this year. Yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, they are going to need some money from the state. And I think, as always, as Salt Lake City residents, one of our biggest concerns is how is the relationship between the city and the state? 
because we need a good one, right? Sure, sure. Allie, Salt Lake County Mayor Jenny Wilson also gave her State of the County Mm -hmm. address this week. Just to hit on the themes really quickly, we've bounced back from the pandemic. We have a strong economy. She acknowledged, though, that, you know, not everyone is thriving in this post-pandemic world. Mentioned that they would be putting $20 million into affordable housing, plus investing in trails, open space, conservation efforts, this sort of thing. But, Allie, what I want to ask you is, what do you think the point is of these state of the whatever addresses? They give them every single year. They're long. There's a lot of kudos being Mm -hmm. given, lots of dignitaries in the room. Who are these for and what do we get out of them? I mean, what these are are basically press events. These are press conferences, right, where by giving a fancy name and a fancy title, very similar to the State of the Union, right, I think that what these speeches could be and should be are about laying a vision for the city, that people can understand. And so I think like for us, we kind of go through it and pick out the seeds, right? 20 mil here, 100 mil there. Like these are the highlights. But I think actually the core of these kinds of addresses should be what is this person's vision for life in this place, in their jurisdiction, be it the city, Mm -hmm. the county, the state. And I don't think that we have any leaders in Utah that this year – based on state of the state, state of the city, and state of the county, I'm going to say this, have done that well. I don't understand clearly the vision at all three levels. And I think like the state of the county is kind of a good example of that. I mean, Mayor Jenny Wilson is pretty good at staying out of the limelight, even though the county is home to a third of the state's population, right? And like, I think being county mayor is one of the most powerful roles in the state. And I would like to see a more aggressive state of the county than like, things are good, they're not great, we're gonna kind of go back into our like cave and keep working and please forget that the county exists. That was kind of my takeaway. Like, that's my feeling on it. What about you? Well, for the county in particular, I think it's hard for them to set a vision because all of the individual cities are setting their own vision, too. And not every single city in this county is a progressive one. Right. And so their vision probably doesn't match Democratic County Mayor Jenny Wilson's vision. Coming from... You know, my background as a reporter, yeah, this is for them. Like, we would have to have, like, a 12-hour day where we're listening to this report, uh, this speech from the mayor, and we're trying to pull apart all of the points and distill that down into something that our average listener can understand. Right. But, like, even that is hard when you have to dig through all of the back padding and all all of the numbers. This is the kind of thing where I'm like, this could have been an email. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. 
You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Okay, Emily, I went to the Sundance Film Festival this past weekend, which... There is one more weekend of Sundance left. I feel like we are on day 362 of Sundance, but we're actually only on day seven. Um, But you can still participate. There's tons going on this weekend right here in Salt Lake City. You do not have to go to Park City. But I, as a former staffer, a lover of movies, a lover of the film industry, I have gathered my five Sundance takeaways for you, Emily Means, who a person who I know also loves movies and for listeners May I share them with you? Yes, please. Okay. But I do have to tell you that I haven't done anything Sundance yet. I know because your so press badge this is still in my me. house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here are my here are my kind of takeaways, and I think that these are also relevant for salt all Salt Lakers. One. Are you a person, Emily Means, who likes to watch TV and movies with captions? Yes, I do. Great. Yes, I do. Good news for you. Captions are the future. Oh, yeah. So there is a law that was recently passed in New York City that requires 25% of any movie's showings to have open captions. We need to just start getting used to captions in the theater. Filmmakers are being a little bit bratty about it. There was an incident at the festival this year where a member of the jury is deaf and a filmmaker did not open caption their film. And then there was like a device that was given to that juror so that they could have a translation and then the device didn't work. And actually the entire jury walked out of the screening. Whoa. And that juror is Marley Matlin, who fans of the West Wing will remember as Joey. She was also the mom in CODA. Um, So that was kind of a high profile gaffe that resulted from filmmakers being bratty about our changing times and the changing way that we experience movies. So get used to captions. They are the future. And we're going to start seeing them very soon right here, I believe. Love that. That's you doing your due diligence around accessibility, too. Right. Just get it done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number two takeaway. The hybrid model of the Sundance Film Festival being both in person and online in I'm going to call it the icon pass of 
the movie world. It is absolutely increasing access, but it might kill the festival. People were really excited to be back in person after three years of online Sundance, but the vibe was not exactly the same because a lot of folks have the opportunity to kind of sit out the in-person experience. I don't necessarily think that's a problem. I am pro-accessibility, right? But here's where it is a problem. You got to sell sponsorships. And like online, being a sponsor of like a Zoom meeting is kind of tough to pull off, right? Like you can't really give people swag. You can't activate in the way that is like really kind of getting your money's worth. And I don't know how this festival navigates a potential attrition of attendance and like squares it with the need to be like activating Main Street with sponsors. That is how they make money. Hmm. I see. They could buy ads on our podcast, I guess. <laughs> They could. <laughs> okay, my third takeaway, and this one is very, very Utah specific, and that is Utah, what do you want? Do you want do you to want? host world class events or do you want strict liquor laws? Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you a very short story, Emily Means, that is a little bit gossipy. This is about the White Claw Lounge at Sundance being raided and shut down for a day. <gasps> No. Yes, by the no, DABS. No, no. Mm -hmm. So when you give away free alcohol, you need to have an RSVP list, which White Claw complied with. But basically, some DABS agents showed up and were like, we're not on the RSVP list. And they were let in. It's a whole hearsay story. There are multiple, multiple layers to it. But what we absolutely know is that the White Claw Lounge was closed for a while there on the first day of the festival because Oof. of... Utah's a prohibition-esque approach to compliance, right? And here's what I'll say. State of Utah, fine. You don't like Hollywood. You hate Californians. You don't like the liberal Hollywood elite, whatever, right? But you love the NBA. You want the Olympics, right? You and love like, the economy. <laughs> you love the economy. And like if word on the street is that being a sponsor in the state of Utah means spending potentially a quarter of a million dollars for a difficult experience that undermines your activation, I think sponsor money will stop flowing. Like, you want White Claw back during the Olympics. You want, like, this is just bad for business, right? And so it's like, ugh, what do you want? Yeah. I, I hear that in um, Ryan Gosling's voice from The Notebook asking Rachel <laughs> McAdams what she wants. What do you want? Yeah, like, come on. Okay, four and five takeaways real quick. These are just recommendations. So four is here are two really interesting movies I saw that are going to be on Netflix any day now. <gasps> Ooh, pro tip. <laughs> One is called The Deepest Breath. It is a documentary about freedivers. It will make you kind of want to barf in the way that watching Free Solo, the Alex Honnold, like, free climbing movie kind of made you a little bit want to barf the whole time. And that one's interesting because it's, like, a Netflix and A24 partnership, and A24 is the, like, super, super hot indie filmmaking company. The other movie that will be on Netflix soon that people should keep an eye out for is called Fair Play. And Netflix just paid $20 million for it at Sundance. It is a movie that I will describe as being deeply satisfying. And don't we all deserve that right now? Yeah. And then my fifth thing is there 
are two movies that I think that you should run, not walk to try and see this weekend. They will probably be in the best of fest lineup because they either had incredible performances or were just total knockouts. Otherwise, if you don't see them this weekend, you probably won't see them until this fall because I think they will have Oscar campaigns or they might just go away forever. And that is Magazine Dreams, which is a movie starring Jonathan Majors about a male bodybuilder. And is this why Jonathan Majors is jacked right a, now? Yes. 6,000 calories a day and six hours Woo! a day of working out to recreate an actual bodybuilder's body. This movie is a wild ride. Um, but his performance is something people are going to be talking about, I think, for the next year. Huh. And then the movie that was my absolute number one, oh my gosh, not a dry eye in the house, this movie made my heart sing, is called Past Lives. And if you have the chance to see it, you just absolutely should. And um, I know you're going to like it, so I'm not even worried about people emailing me and being like, how dare you make me watch this movie? Because I just know you'll love it. Top tips. (laughs) You bet. Okay. Before we get out of here, we do have two really quick housekeeping items. One is we want to hear about your most awkward, your most hilarious, or your most small Lake City date of all time in preparation for our Valentine's Day episode. We know you've got stories, single people of this city. Even if you're not currently single, we can go back in the archives. We want to just hear about that time you, I don't know, showed up to a a date with someone and it was your friend's ex or (laughs) I don't know the small Lake city stuff about dating, right? Like it is just a wild ride dating in this town. So email us saltlake at citycast.fm. You can call us or text us 801-203-0137. We're on Instagram and Twitter at citycast SLC. You can DM us. We are easy to reach people. So cough up the stories. I want to hear from you. Um, And I want to know what your most Small Lake City dating experience has been, Allie. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about this. Emily Means, what are you doing this weekend? I think I'm going to go to Dino Fest at the Natural History Museum, Allie. Of course you Wait, wait, wait. You did just give me these Sundance recommendations, so maybe I'll try to do a Sundance (gasps) thing. But I have to tell you that I'm really excited about dinosaurs. I'm just jazzed on them this weekend. So quick recommendation to you. Pre-book your tickets because the Natural History Museum says this is one of their most popular events of the year. This is the hottest dino fest yet. I want to see some bones, okay? Want to see some bones? I mean, we do have like a premier dinosaur collection in Salt Lake. And the Natural History Museum is an architectural marvel. So even if you don't care about dinosaurs, like what a beautiful view of the city. (laughs) up there (laughs) there you go glass half full what are you doing this weekend Allie okay here's what I'm gonna do first of all Emily do you know about the James Beard Awards I know like uh delicious restaurants win them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they call them the Oscars of food which I am obsessed with it's like the highest culinary award a restaurant can get after a Michelin star and this weekend I'm gonna celebrate some of Salt Lake City's very own James Beard Award semifinalists. In the spirit of award season, Emily, may I present the nominees? Yes. Okay. Normal ice cream, Manoli's, Post Office Place, SLC Eatery, and Maza. What, multiple? Multiple Those are all nominees? Right here in our 
freaking city. Those are Holy all smokes. James Beard semi-finalists. Holy smokes. Right? And those are great places to eat. Completely. So I'm going to pop through as many of them as possible and great say idea. congrats and have a snack and, you know, enjoy all we have to offer. All right, Emily, you have a fantastic weekend with the dinosaurs. Thank you. I will see you Monday. See you Monday, Allie. One more thing before we go, if you are looking for a local business to pop by this weekend, here is a delightful conversation between our CEO, David Plotz, and one of our sponsors, The Juice Shop. Hi, I'm David Plotz, CEO of CityCast. I don't just like juice. I don't just enjoy juice. I love juice, which is why I am so excited to be talking today to Mira Patel, the founder of The Juice Shop, a new juice oasis, a juice mecca a juice and wellness garden of Eden in the Maven District. Mira, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a fan of the podcast, so I feel so honored to be able to be on it and speak to you. Salt Lake is famous for swig culture, for your sugary, caffeine-crazy soda drinks. So the juice shop, it seems like, is a great alternative for someone who wants something delicious, but maybe healthier. It really is. I think, you know, I grew up here and I was born and raised in Salt Lake City. And I've seen swig culture grow and sort of proliferate through our community for so long. But I always felt like we needed healthier options and alternatives so that people can get that caffeine and that energy boost, but do it in a natural way that's good for them. And so, you know, after a roundabout way of moving away and living elsewhere and then coming back, I really wanted to open something that was just that. Yeah. And your name is The Juice Shop, but it's a very clear name. Congratulations. But you also have (laughs) superfood smoothies, you have hot beverages, grain yeah. bowls, toasts, good for you snacks and treats. So it feels like it is a, a lot more than juice. Yeah. You know, juice is pretentious. It's expensive. It's kind of obnoxious. And I feel like giving it a really simple name is, you know, here's what it is. Let's talk about why it's good for you. Let's talk about why it's delicious. I love that idea because as I said, I love juice. But juice shops are often kind of cold. Like they've got a cold sort of sterile aesthetic. And The juice shop is a warm place. You have great Wi-Fi, chairs people want to sit in. Yeah, comfortability was super important to me. A lot of juiceries are grab and go because it's a small footprint in a small space. We really wanted to be deliberate and intentional of our space so that you felt welcome to grab your juice, grab a friend, sit down, have a conversation, eat something. We wanted food on that menu because a grain bowl and a green juice is a perfect healthy combination to nourish your body, but also just satiate your palate. And so, you know, we have plants everywhere and we've really invested in the space to make it feel really fun. We have amazing music. Our staff is super welcoming. We talk to customers for 15, 20 minutes at a time because we really want to get to know that customer and make them feel like this is their spot too. Mira, the juice shop is in the Maven District. What What is the Maven District? Yeah, the Maven District is a really special block. It's right off 9th and 9th. So there's plenty of parking. It's beautiful block of 90% women-founded businesses. A lot of us are first-time business owners. And it's super cross-functional. You know, we are a juice company, but we're right next to jewelry companies, right below a co-working space, you know, adjacent to a Pilates studio. There's just a lot going on on this block. We're right next to an arts academy. So children sort of stream out of their school and come right into the shop. And it's just a really nice welcoming block of like-minded businesses. We're all sort of in the wellness, making you feel good space. What is your favorite juice or your or your favorite ingredient? 
Ooh, um, ginger. I love ginger so much. Oh yeah, me too. You know, just by nature of being Indian, I eat, you know, a one inch knob of ginger. I grate it in my morning tea and uh, it's in our ritual juice. It's in our liquid sunshine juice. You know, we use it wherever we can. We use it in a lot of our hot beverages. We use it in a lot of our grain bowls and sauces and our, our chili crunch, which has become a sort of infamous sauce that we put on a lot of things. Ginger's just so versatile. It's super good for you. It's super nourishing. It's anti-inflammatory, antiviral. It tastes good. So I think that would be my favorite ingredient. Where do you source your ingredients like your ginger? First and foremost, it's all about food safety and traceability. We want to be able to track everything from seed to fruit to ensure that we know what farm and what region everything is coming from. Local first is super important to us. We always aim to source local. It really depends on seasonality as well. A lot of our stuff comes from the Mountain West area. We have an ongoing relationship with growers who we love and trust. And so we support them as much as we can. So if CityCast Salt Lake listeners come in now, is there any kind of special, any kind of deal they can get? Yeah, we're doing a really fun special on our cold killer. So that is our hot beverage that's really meant to cleanse you from the inside out. That's ginger, turmeric, hot water, lemon, honey, local Utah honey, uh, black pepper, apple cider vinegar, and echinacea. It's so good for you and so yummy. We want people to come in and try that. So for the next two weeks, buy two juices and grab a cold killer on us. Check out The Juice Shop at 888 South 200 East. Follow them on Instagram at The Juice Shop SLC or see their menu at thejuiceshopslc.com. Mira, thanks for joining us on CityCast. Thanks for having me. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria and our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. You have a great weekend. Bye.